Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Welcome in. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you live on a Tuesday night, November the 28th, 2017. I'm Dre. He's Jay. And Jay, this is obviously my first experience with the brand new microphone because I actually started speaking and did my normal introduction while it was on mute and didn't realize it. So now I'm here. Oh, was, Can you hear me? That that was awesome. The best open. I yet. thought I would just. I was just. I was just sitting here waiting for you to talk. I was just totally gonna mess with you. <laughs> no, I was going. I was blabbing away the whole time, and then then I realized that the, the red button flashing means I'm muted. Doesn't oh. doesn't mean I'm live. So I gotta yeah, gotta push push so, that button and make myself live. A new microphone. Look a at new you. Microphone. Hey, trying to sound as good as I possibly can now. And are, you going, are, you going the, is, uh, are you going with the freestanding microphone or are you going headset? It's freestanding. It's right next to my laptop. So you're going to hear me tack tacking away uh, probably because it's such a good microphone. It's going to pick up all the sounds anywhere near it. Um, nice. And I'm, I may get something uh, freestanding. I may get something that's kind of swings back and forth uh, later on down the road. But for now, it's going to be sitting right here next to my computer. Excellent. So that's, that's good. It's all that money we're making. Well, yeah, all that cash. That's the ironic part. How do I sound, by the way? Do I sound okay? Yeah, you have a little echo, but not too bad. Hmm. And not an echo as much as, you know, just like a, you know, it's, it sounds like you're on an open mic in a mm-hmm. large empty room. All right, well, I'll, I just potted my uh, my 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 grab or my uh, what's this called on the back of the microphone the uh, the gain whatever that means I'm, I'm still very very new to this I just <laughs> turned the gain down a little bit so I don't know if that helped or or made it worse. Or if there's a difference, difference, it's better. I would say if there's okay. a difference, like if there's a difference, I guess it's better. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you get to listen to me play with a microphone and figure out what I'm doing and, and completely swim my way upstream here. No, the real irony is that I didn't make this decision. I would have researched microphones um, and, and kind of looked at the prices and said, I don't know about all that. And this is my wife's doing. She told me, don't buy anything for Christmas. I got you a present coming and it came uh, yesterday and this is her 
gift to me. I guess she's heard me complain too much about the, the headset and the connection and the block talk radio stuff and all of that. So she went out and spent her own money and got me uh, a microphone and made sure that I got it now because to wait until Christmas would be to wait until the season is basically over. So she even uh, took that into consideration to get it as early as possible so I can start improving the show as 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 quickly as possible, improving my sound anyway. So uh, much props to her. I was actually very touched because we've had plenty of conversations off the air, obviously, about uh, uh, me and her. I've had plenty of conversations about how much time I spend doing this and, and doing the things that make me prepare to have a, a football show because I could just have a football show without any preparation and sound completely stupid. But at least I, I try to sit down and watch as much football as I can, to, you know, just to try to sound like I know what I'm talking about a little bit. And even through all those conversations, she decided to get me this for the show, for the podcast, because she knows how much uh, it means to me and how important it is to me to, to sound my best and, and perform my best. So that's uh, that, that's a big move by her. And I really, really appreciate it. So all props to my wife. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I've had some of those same conversations, but they've, they've, uh, they've died down over the last couple of years. I think we've just sort of worked this, you know, we're working into a little pattern here that works out pretty well. The show's late enough at night. Kids are in bed. I mean, I'm, I'm off secluded now. I'm in the basement. I'm not waking up the kids. <laughs> that used to be a big problem. You're right. Uh, yeah. Before when I was in my old area, uh, where I would do the show. Because it would, it would, you'd hear it through basically the whole top two levels of the house. Where now, at least, I'm in a large carpeted area. Sounds dampened quite a bit. The kids' room is farther away from where I am. Um, I'm not getting the, the the death stare from my wife anymore. Or I don't have my children walking in on me in the middle of the show, which was another indicator that they were still awake. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of things that uh, you have to go through to do something like we're doing. And the fact that we're still doing it after five years is uh, kind of crazy a little bit. If you think about what we're doing, it's not like we're getting paid to do this at all, but we're doing it anyway. But hey, we're we're having fun. And the, the better the sound, the better the quality, the more fun we should have, right? And as we've always said, we'd be doing it anyways. That's absolutely right. We'd be yapping on the phone with each other anyway about football. So. Yeah. yeah. So every yeah every Friday night or Saturday night we'd have our two hour three hour marathon picking the game. I actually think it's tighter that we do the podcast. Yeah, we, we, we actually really are more on. focused. Yes, <laughs> we are more. It was that was that was truly kings of non sequitur. So anybody who's who thinks that we lose track on the show. Uh, has not you just heard one of our regular conversations. There's there's been some tastes of that in our in our in our after shows. No no doubt. If you, you want to hear a diagram, guys, yeah, of, you would need a diagram <laughs> to keep track of where we ended up from where we started. Going off the cuff, just going from one subject to the next without any roadmap at all. That's definitely uh, what our our after shows usually sound like. If you're not familiar with those, yeah. so. But I, I, I suspect that this is all a diversion so that you don't have to talk about another somewhat tough week for yourself. 
in, in, in the picks? Well, it started so terrible on Thanksgiving. It's almost a, yeah. a rally uh, that I finished seven, eight, and one on the week because that's counting the zero and three from from last Thursday. So yeah. it's actually seven, five, and one uh, with the push last night. Really, just seven and five on Sunday. So I, I'm trying to put as positive of a spin on it as as I can. But the long and the short of it is I now sit uh, after that unbelievable start to the season that I had uh, after three weeks, I now sit a mere five games over 500 for the season and a mere eight games ahead of you in the standings. You come all the way back to be within single digits game wise of me and within, uh, if I can do the math real quick, 48 percentage points of me when you were Hundreds and hundreds of percentage points uh, behind me. Um, yeah. My goodness. Oh, I got. I'm. I don't really have any excuses. No, I. You know, I'd be curious to know what. You know, I mean, I'm sure we could go back and do the math on this, but like, what your record and my record are like since week three. You know. Right. You know. Well, for you know, anyone who wants to math, here's 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 the gory numbers. After three weeks, I was 32, 12, and 3 for a 727 percentage. And Jason was 20, 24, and 3 for a 455 percentage. So that is, uh, again, trying to do math real quick in my head. That was, at that point, 272 percentage points ahead of you. Wow. 272, now down to 52. 48, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I don't want to shortchange you. Yeah, so it's on the other side of that, that means me quite the rise. So I'm getting closer to 500, which I'll take. You are now 77, uh, 88, and 11 on the season for a 467 percentage. Wow. And closer and closer. Yeah, I'm just, we're just it's shrinking that gap. My strategy's working. You, you've got the, the hook out and you're slowly reeling me in. I'm the biggest fish you ever had on the hook. You're trying to fight it yeah. and drag me in. That's right. It's so Slow funny how we were steady, joking. Right? We were joking after three weeks about if I fall all the way off and lose this season to you, it will be the all-time epic comeback by one of us over the other slash all-time collapse by one of us. And it's it's happening. It's uh, I'm not quite sure how to stop the momentum, but it's absolutely happening right now. So I, all I can do is, I guess, keep plugging away. I think the total change that's taken place for me is that after four or five weeks, I just I was lost. I made every pick just like, I'm going to lose this pick. I mean, I had no way. I mean, it was one of those where I was so bad. If I I, I was realizing that, you know what? One of these weeks, I'm just going to make all my picks and flip them because I know I do better. And if I'd done that, I'd have been in a great spot. But I don't get that feeling now when I'm making my picks. I actually have been picking these games with some confidence, feeling pretty good about them. Even the two the two games that you uh, took on me on Sunday, I, I was you know three four minutes to go in both of those games. I had covers. Sure. So I, I felt very good. I was actually watching those games. I'm midway through the fourth quarter, like I'm winner, 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 and uh, some some stupid decisions by both the Bucks and the Jets 
um, that turned around and did not help me. And then in the case of the, uh, well, the Jets one was just completely ridiculous. Um, one, we had another one of our favorite games to play, the uh, what is a catch game in that game on what looked like just a clear and obvious fade route touchdown to our favorite player, Austin Safarius Jenkins. <laughs> and that was called back. We had another one of those in the Raiders game that ended up not actually determining any outcome um, because the Raiders ended up scoring after another one, like an incredible acrobatic catch by Jared Cook back of the end zone where you should have just given it to the guy on, on style for making this play. And on one replay, maybe you kind of sort of saw the ball slip in his hand against his body a little bit. And apparently that's all the rest need. That's it. They moved. That's and, and, and everything and, yeah. is thrown out the window. The ball might be moving a little bit. And I, I'm getting the sense where this is really starting to bother me with this. What is a catch is these guys are doing this just to, I think show that they're just like the smartest guys in the room. They're because the they're, I, I, they, they are, they are literally sitting there looking for reasons to overturn it. And when you're talking about people playing football, catching a ball, you're telling me that, a guy is going to jump up in the air, make an acrobatic catch, pull the ball into his body, slam into the ground. And that thing's not going to shift around in his hand or against his body a little bit. It wasn't like he ever lost control. If you, if you saw either one of these plays I'm referring to, neither guy ever yeah. lost control of the ball, but it was enough where the ball was like cradled against the body and like sliding up on their chest, but their hands were moving with it. And, both of those were called as incomplete. Now, in the case of the Jets, they totally deserved what they got because they pulled my favorite move of all time, which is you get down to the one-yard line and you throw three straight times. <laughs> in, in At a point in the game when they could have just really, really put a damper on the, on the, on the Panthers' uh, day. And they just – I don't get it. You're doing this all up and down the field. You get down to the one-yard line, and you do all this cutesy shit. Now, granted, one of them should have been a touchdown, but the other two, you had no reason to do the old play-action rollout. Nobody's open. It just all ends up being throwaways or really low-percentage passes. And in the case of the Raiders, they called that touchdown back, but then they ended up getting the touchdown anyways. But again, I know I texted you over the weekend, like, oh, here we go again, you know. And that was just in the action that I was catching on Sunday, you know, red zone in it going back and forth because the Packer game ended up being on Sunday night. So I had red zone all day. So you get a lot of football um, with all the jumping back and forth. I'm just totally, I'm just totally in love with the red zone. I can't imagine. I couldn't imagine watching football any other way. It is like amazing for seven hours. It is literally, it's cutting out a lot of the filler. Plus, if you missed something of any importance, you're going to get to see it anyways. Yeah, everyone I've ever heard talk about the red zone speaks of it as glowingly as you are. So uh, apparently I'm really missing out. But hey, I hadn't had Sundays available for me until yeah. three, four weeks ago. So it wasn't an option anyway. But uh, starting next season, I may have to look into that. Best part is I get it at work. So you get to make money while you can't watching beat red that. zone. That's, that's you awesome. pay for it. 
I don't have to pay for it. That's awesome sauce right there. No, I saw both caches yeah. that you're talking about, and you're right. It, it's they're playing gotcha. They're playing. They're they're doing a freeze frame and slow as possible, and going ooh 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 ooh. I saw the ball move. I saw it. I saw it right there. Oh, gotcha. Got it's incomplete. And I guess the thing that really pisses me off about that is these are guys making this call, especially now when it's all centralized with uh, this guy Alberto Riveron in New York making these decisions. These are guys that never, I hate to be the one to break out that never played the game thing because I never played the game either at, at any level. But this is a guy that never played the game, has no idea how difficult it is to, as you said, keep the ball completely 100% still against your body as you're getting slammed to the ground. Almost every catch by that definition should be incomplete because the ball is kind of moving as they hit the ground. So, uh, you know, it's uh, very rare that a guy is able to trap the ball against his chest so securely that you can't see it move even a little bit as they hit the ground. So uh, it's so much of it is happening. I, I, I have a feeling there might be a move in the future towards loosening those uh, moving ball rules, just like we wound up having a, an adjustment after the bird manual situation where now you can catch a ball and keep it ruled a catch, even if it happens to scrape a blade of grass. If you show you have control of the ball, then they go ahead and allow it. And I've, I got I got a feeling they're going to have some sort of shift eventually to where you can have the ball kind of moving, but if you, if you demonstrate that you clearly are controlling the football, then they're going to go ahead and allow it because this is really getting ridiculous. Pretty amazing, though, that Bert Emanuel's greatest contribution to the sport is that rule. Hey, we all got to do something. That, that's that's the thing that he did. He caught a ball in a very key situation in an NFC yep. title game in which they went to replay and said that because it happened to scrape a blade of grass, it's incomplete, and it turned uh, the, 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 the game around, the comeback attempt by – uh, was it the, the Falcons and the Buccaneers? No, that was the uh, that was the the Rams Bucks. That was that okay. Sean King, um, really low scoring. That was like eleven to six, or it was a, it was a ridiculously low scoring game where the Bucks were holding down that greatest show on turf Rams team for the whole game, and uh, yeah, so Emmanuel at that point, yes, was a Falcon uh, during his career, but at that point was a Buck. Okay. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, you don't. Uh, yeah. Without that, though, nobody would remember him. <laughs> nobody would remember him if it wasn't well, see, that's, that. that's exactly why we have the Hall of Infamy, to memorize yeah. the guys, memorialize, I guess, the guys that would not get memorialized otherwise, because Bert Emanuel is never sniffing out the actual Hall of Fame. No. But in our Hall of Infamy, he gets the, the spotlight and the shine that he deserves for what is now the Bert Emanuel rule and, and uh, something that he's his career is going to be uh, marked for. Yeah, I believe Bert Emanuel was one of my fairly early entrants into the Hall of Infamy. Yeah, your your first class, I believe. Yeah, you might have been inaugural. Well, come on, you got a rule named mm-hmm. after you. <laughs> yeah, come on. Your contribution must be memorialized. And every right, time you uh, see that replay, somebody brings up Bert Emanuel to this day. That's right. Hey, kids, they're talking about me again. I told you I was famous. You should get some dues for that. Yeah. Well, uh, you can pick up everything on this. Man. You can pick up me dropping my pins on the floor and yeah. every squeak of my chair and everything. 
Uh, so as I try to put this on mute and, and rearrange myself again, uh, uh, why'd you get into the, the the highlight of the weekend and the the main event uh, that uh, Saints Rams game and what stood out for you? Well, I think we both nailed it. I think that's the number one thing is that we both saw very clearly that the Rams, you know, had faced the tougher test by going up to Minnesota and and losing. It wasn't it wasn't really close. I mean, they they hung around for a while in that game and they just they couldn't keep up with that Minnesota defense. And I don't think that either one of us were on the Saints going into L.A. The Saints running game is definitely still there. They brought that. They played enough defense. I mean, they did hold that explosive Rams offense down a bit, but just going on the road and running and playing a little bit of defense isn't enough against a team that looks to be as good as, as the Rams are. So I thought it played out almost exactly the way that we called that um, in our pick show. Uh, we were both, we were both on the Rams Surprisingly, I actually expected you to be all over the Saints. So when you actually went and agreed with me on that highlight pick, I was a little stunned. Um, but you should have been scared had, the way my second half has been. <laughs> yeah, we both had that one right. Uh, so I felt pretty good about that uh, coming out of it that we that we were both all over what might not have been the most popular pick of the week. I think a lot of people are still waiting for the Rams to fall apart. But I've, there's enough that's out there right now. We're deep enough into the season that it, it's hard to call them fluky. And it was my first time really sitting down and watching them. So, And I, and I think a lot of people fell in that same category that a lot of us that are judging the Rams and their success are going off of what we saw from Jared Goff and the Rams last year and what we saw from the Rams as, a, as an organization for the last decade or so. And it's not the same team. It's not it, that that kid coach. Got to give him the credit right now. Sean McVay's turned everything around. And so sitting down and watching them for the first time, I didn't quite know what to expect. I was definitely looking forward to seeing what why they were having this kind of success and exactly what they're doing scheme wise and and personnel wise. And so it was uh, it was entertaining and and very interesting to watch and and. I think a lot of people definitely were getting their first real solid look at the Rams. They were on their, their the national broadcast. I'm pretty sure if we got it out here in, in Memphis, uh, we, we get some Saints games. They're kind of close to us, but it's not a slam dunk. But that one in the, in that time slot, there weren't too many other options. That was the big national game. I, I think a lot of the country got to see that game and got to see uh, the first real taste of this new look at LA Rams. It was very impressive look. Yeah, they, they weathered the storm. Uh, Drew Brees, again, not piling up the stats. I mean, they are really, really running, leaning hard on that running game. And Alvin Kamara just keeps making big plays, keeps reaffirming that the Saints made the right decision and ditching Adrian Peterson uh, early on in the season when they did to make room for this guy. They, they knew they were onto something and had to figure out a way to get him in there. Um, and yeah, the, so the Saints winning streak comes to a bit of an end, unceremonious end and puts the NFC back in back in play. It's, it's wide open. Yeah, it really is. 
I was impressed by the opening play where Jared Goff play actions to Sammy Watkins, who's wide open for a 24-yard gain. And, and you almost should have known right there, okay, this, this is the Rams game. The Saints come out. They know that Robert Woods is down. They know Sammy Watkins is going to have to have a big game in order for the Rams to win this thing. And they leave him wide open on play action on the very first play of the game. That's the old saints that we know. So the, the, the game told a story for both teams. It, it introduced the Rams to the nation as a force, as an offensive force to be reckoned with. And it reintroduced everyone to the old time saints defense. I, I, it's hard to believe this one rookie cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, not being there made all the difference. It's got to be a lot more than that. But the fact is that coverage looked as shitty as it did uh, last year and as shitty as it has for the last basically five years under Sean Payton. Those guys were wide open all over the place. Golf winds up going for, I think, 354. Uh, Sammy Watkins does have the big game that I said he had to have uh, in the last show when I made that pick. So uh, it, it really did turn out the way that we thought. And, man, that, that same defense is – they made the plays for the last six, seven, eight weeks, whatever that winning streak was. They got laughed at after the first two weeks by everybody, and they stepped up and started making plays and really turned things around. But I think you need to be really afraid if you're if you're a Saints fan and you're, you've got any kind of rooting interest in that team that they might be reverting back to the old Saints and it might be in for a fall really soon. Yeah, especially with that division being – so tight and competitive. I mean, you've got Atlanta sort of resurgent. I believe they play each other twice still. So we'll, yes. we'll find out. We'll find out when two out of your last five games are going to be against that Atlanta offense, which seems to slowly be rounding out and looking better. Apparently, Matt Ryan um, walking in on Steve Sarkeesian and saying, look, we're going to start running some of that stuff that you know works. <laughs> Seems We're to be having an impact. Yeah. yeah, you know that that record-breaking offense we had last year? Maybe we should run some of those plays. Uh, oh, those seems... plays. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, you mean this book? Oh, oh this playbook. <laughs> yeah. So it, it seems to be seems to be going a little better um, for Atlanta. That uh, The Panthers could have easily lost to the Jets. Still not sure what's going on with Cam Newton. Um, I think the reason he's decided that he has to pull down the ball and run all the time is because he just can't throw. You just can't rely on him to throw the ball with any accuracy. So if the Saints do falter, no, no. Well, that's why they traded away their best receiver, who then gets hurt. Right. So maybe they didn't. Maybe they were onto something there. Hey, you never know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that division's gotten a lot tighter. Just in the one week, uh, you know, for, from the way everything had looked, where it looked like the Saints were with that winning streak going to run away with everything. And now it's like, oh, not so fast. This is, this, this could be interesting here. And the NFC South uh, looks really solid. What struck me about the Saints offense uh, against the Rams was you talked about Drew Brees not really being able to get it going. It's, uh, you got to give the Rams defense credit for that. Uh, Aaron Donald uh, sat on his head one play, and then Robert Quinn comes around and does the same the very next play. Uh, he just never had time to, to sit still. 
and make good, solid throws. He, he, his feet were getting happy because he was getting beaten around back there, and he never really had a, a streak where he set himself and made those solid throws consistently, maybe uh, half a series here or there, but that heat and, and, the, and the coverage as well by the Rams, and not just the pass rush, but when Breeze did make those throws, the, the those Rams DBs were making plays on the ball. Uh, they, they were looking like the Saints DBs for the past six or seven weeks making plays on the ball. So give L.A. credit, but uh, certainly something to uh, be worried to be worried about if you're uh, rooting for the Saints. Uh, they're on a, a pace. The, the New Orleans Saints offense, uh, I'm the one that keeps up with the yards per play, yards per uh, uh, pass attempt, yards per run, and all that. They're they're on a pace to, to be in the top five in, in both running and passing, and I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, if it's happened, it's been a long, long time. I didn't do the, the research and find out when's the last time a team finished top five rushing and passing, but they're there right now. And if the defense just plays half decent, the Saints still can have a, a really special season and a really special run in the postseason. You talked about Alvin Kamara just doing amazing things out there in the open field. So they got the running. The, they got the, the two-headed monster that people dream about in the backfield. They've got it right now, so good for them. And they still got to replay at a very high level. But they, they got to shore up that D still. They they had it. They they had something going for a long time, and it, it seems to be short circuiting right now. Uh, so they got to get back on that. And if they do, they'll they'll be back on their way. Yeah, you know, and the Rams are interesting because their offense has been, you know, they did that 180 from last year. So you got Jared Goff doing all these things. We're talking about the new coach, overshadowed what is a really really good defense, especially with those two guys up front who can just get after it all day long. And that offense has had to have been that good because all we ever used to talk about with the Rams was how good their defense was. And you still hear it a little bit, but, you know, obviously it's an offensive league. That's all people want to talk about. They want to talk about Jared Goff and the big plays and the explosion. And so now you've got this Rams defense that's almost sneaky good. Yeah, they don't, uh, they're, they're not going to get the attention with Jared Goff playing the way he's been playing. But, yes, the, the Rams D is something uh, to be feared, no doubt about it. And we try to uh, – at least I try to give uh, Aaron Donald as much credit as I can because he specifically is one of the best in football and never gets the, the due that he deserves. First in St. Louis, now in the Coliseum. There's just not a lot of people watching Rams football. But uh, he, he's been playing at a very, very high level for a long time now. Yeah, but it looks it's it's still shaping up for at least one week, at least once in January. We may get to see the Rams. Maybe they, maybe you know, and then it's all it takes is you get in. All you gotta do is get in, and good things can happen. So it almost feels like a round robin tournament situation where you had the Rams going through the last two weeks as the the clear highlight games as they face New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, uh, in week 11 and then last week uh, it was New Orleans against the Rams. So now New Orleans, this is their first of two weeks in a row where they're going to be clearly in the highlight game, uh, New Orleans facing the Rams and now coming back this week, hosting Carolina. So we'll get to see really quickly if the, if the, uh, if the saints can rebound from that Rams loss 
and, and come back home and do what they're supposed to do. The Rams rebounded from the Vikings game. I, I got my games confused there. It was the Rams and the Vikings in week 11. That was a clear highlight game. They bounced back from that loss to, to knock off the Saints. Now can the Saints bounce back from their loss to the Rams to knock off the Panthers in what's going to be the clear big game of this upcoming weekend? Yeah, I like uh, look even looking at the schedule. We're sort of out of the woods here as far as not having highlight level games because now that these playoff scenarios are starting to be set, you're going to have a lot of these division games. I've noticed a ton, tons of division matchups over these last five weeks. Um, I know this is all by design, but it looks like oh, yeah. a lot. It looks like a lot of the interconference stuff is starting to come to an end, and we're going to start to see some divisions that might change rapidly. And you've got some teams that haven't played um, teams in their division at all. You know, so you're talking about the Saints still have to play the Falcons twice, even though it's not as as probably as important. But you're talking about a team like the Bills; they still have to play the Patriots twice. You know, can they be? A spoiler, you know, can they do, can they, can they affect the playoffs? You know, because anytime you're playing in the division, it gets tough and you see a lot of these matchups yet coming up. And even a, a non-division matchup is the, uh, the the second biggest game of the weekend when the Vikings have to go to the Falcons and, and that yeah. new sort of new look Falcons offense. You, you touched on them a little bit. Uh, the the Atlanta oh they're back they're they're in full effect right they're all the way back Julio Jones is balling out Matty Ice is doing his thing and they're even overcoming uh, Devontae Freeman not being in there because they're getting the running contribution from Tevin Coleman and Taron Ward so uh, they're overcoming that and and looking as well rounded as they could possibly look they're looking a lot better Matt Ryan is still a little out of sync on some of his on some of his moderate to deep throws where last year he was so deadly accurate but you're seeing a a scheme change you know more than anything else where the now like we had talked about why are you not feeding the ball to Julio Jones and now all of a sudden Julio Jones has become a factor in that offense again it, it took Mohamed Sanu to finally get him a deep <laughs> ball into the end zone but it worked uh, nicely works. thrown ball too, but there's proof right there that throw it up towards eleven, good things happen. Just, just he's better than the DBs almost a hundred percent of the time. Let him make a play on the ball. Just put the ball near him, and and you're going to have a shot. And we started to see against Tampa a lot more Julio Jones, and that that can't be a bad thing for that Falcons offense. Don't know why it took this long to figure that out, though. I really don't. Yeah, I, I'm starting to get the feeling that they've shaken off what happened last season. Some they're starting to play foot their best football, starting to go into that, you know, looking to get into the playoffs again, make a run here. As of right now, they'd be in, and they also do have the tiebreakers against just about every other team that's going to contend with them which we talked about a show or two shows ago about how rare that is. I don't know if I've ever seen a scenario where one team holds all the tiebreakers against all the wild card major contenders. So they get a game up on a team. They're two games up. So they, they just need to play some, you know, they get to 10 and they're at seven right now. They get to 10. They're probably in a really good spot 
they're also still in a really good spot in the division with those two games still left against the Saints. Another game left against the Panthers. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from them. I definitely like the change. I'll say that. And I was hoping after that Patriots game that they would indeed start to sort of gel and overcome the 28 to three stuff, which was uh, everyone was sort of talking about it as the season began. Then it really bubbled up around the time that they had their rematch with the Patriots. And then after that, I was hoping it would die off. And and sure enough, you don't hear anyone talking about that anymore. I I really do think that's uh, sort of in their rearview mirror. Yeah. That's the sense that I get. And it's starting to show up in on the field. Uh, their defense is, yeah, yeah, well, they're, they're, their they offense keep is letting great. teams back in the games, though, I tell you. They do, they do, but the, I think the league is set up this way. I mean, realistically, when you look at it, we see comebacks all the time now. Uh, we just never saw them that on that stage and in that moment, but even in the in their playoff run last, I mean, we were, I was commenting last season about that team having, uh, a propriety to let teams back, you know, mm-hmm. and we saw it a lot. And, but then it happened at the worst possible moment. So then all of a sudden everybody jumps up and goes, Oh, look, they were letting back. You know, I, we were calling it before it happened. Um, we, we saw it. Don't think it's going to happen that bad. Yeah. We, we've been seeing it for years. That's how we figured it was going to happen. Uh, to maybe the big question uh, of the coming out of week 12 in the NFL is a yes or no. And then you can expound uh, however you see fit, but yes or no. Should Kansas city bench out and go to Pat Mahomes? No. I'm going to go on. I'm, I'm going to go on the record here as saying no. I think that we've gotten the we've definitely gotten the the he definitely gets the Heckle and Jide award. If you give out one of those, because I think you do every year, <laughs> you give out the Heckle and Jide award. I think Alex Smith to go from MVP to should he be benched? I, I can't think of a <laughs> I can't think of a better one than that because I mean five weeks six weeks into the season, Alex Smith always oh, MVP, and now all of a sudden it's a whoa, Patrick Mahomes should be starting, and Alex Smith's a piece of garbage. And he's going to play himself out of the though. That may be a team award. Do you remember Kareem Hunt and how uh, yeah. hyped up he was being? Oh, where is he? He's on the oh, milk carton. He, he is. <laughs> no, he, he definitely is. Uh, it, it, it's ghost. Yeah, it, it's getting – he gets the Vernon Davis Award. I believe Vernon Davis' nickname for a while was, was Ghost. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he – I'm still going to say don't bench him. I don't know what kind of message that sends to the team. I don't know what that says about your franchise or Andy Reid or what they're doing. He's clearly playing awful. But as you pointed out, they're not getting any real contributions from the running game. Those wide receivers are still mostly, other than Tyreek Hill, not very good. Nobody is scaring anybody on that team. It's very possible that They've just been figured out. And you're not seeing the confidence in the deep balls. You're not seeing teams let them do that. Um, Kelsey's not doing very – so everything everything has stopped for that team. They're losing to bad teams. I mean, we were both on Buffalo 
and the clown college that is the Buffalo Bills right now after the whole Peterman thing a couple of weeks ago. And then, well, we're going to go back to Tyrod Taylor now. We saw enough of that kid. And we were both on board with the Bills going in the arrowhead and competing. And then it turns out they end up winning. I just, and I wasn't stunned. I wasn't shocked at all. No, I wasn't shocked either. I was mad that I didn't, I wasn't more confident in them and didn't make them my lock or anything like that. I, I, yeah, there were a few games. <laughs> there were a few games that I picked, and I'm like, how did I not have that one as my lock? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but that's that's the whole that's the whole wonder of us doing this with the locks. You know, that I can have the good run that I've had here and still manage to bungle my locks every week. So we're not. Uh, Pardon the interruption. We're not Tony and Mike. We don't get people giving us opposing views just to create a viewpoint or whatever. When I say I'm going to take another side or take a, a particular point of view, it's because I actually believe it. I think the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid should bench Alex Smith because from what I see on the tape, that son of a bitch is – you talk about losing confidence. You talk about somebody that looks like he just totally doesn't believe in himself anymore and plays like it too because he's releasing the damn ball so early before he even sees what the coverage is he's just calling a play he appears to be calling a play running whatever play actions or whatever fake ghost jet sweeps or what have you and then delivering the ball where he thinks it's supposed to be and and just coverage be damned just other players on the other team in that spot, be damned. I'm going to throw this ball where I think it's supposed to go and where I think my receiver is supposed to be. Uh, we make fun of guys for, for playing like that. That's We're going to have the, the Giants are about to start a quarterback famous for doing that. Oh, uh, God, Geno Smith. Over, over Eli Manning. And this is what Alex Smith looks like right now. And, yeah, it is an unbelievably precipitous fall from how great he was playing early in the season, but he's not playing that great right now. It's so obvious he's not playing that great. And I don't know, of course, if Pat Mahomes would be any better or would be some sort of big spark when he stepped in there. I don't know. But that's the point, is the people who say he's a rookie, he couldn't possibly make the reads that that, uh, Alex Smith is making, this would be a big mistake. You you don't know. You don't know what he's going to do when he gets there. He might be a disaster. He might be Nathan Peterman. He might be the Sean Watson. You don't know. I don't know either. But I'm willing to take the chance and, and make the call because Alex Smith has been that damn bad for several weeks in a row now, and it's getting worse before it gets better. And I don't think you have much to lose by, by benching Alex Smith. He's a, he's a big boy. He's in his 30s. He can take it. You bench him. You, if you have to come back to him, he'll get up and, and try to play again and try to save his job again. Uh, it's not like he's a, a kid that you have to protect his fragile ego or anything like that. But I think Andy Reid's got to make that call because he's, I think he's going to lose his team if Alex Smith turns in more performances like that. That was awful. The Bills are just standing there waiting for balls to get thrown to them, and and, and Alex Smith is delivering it to them. you got to do something about that because you're going to lose a whole team if you keep having to go out there and do shit like that. Well, they're not just going to lose the team. In what might be one of the most stunning turn of events of the season, they might lose, lose the, the playoffs. They're going to lose the division to either the Chargers or the Raiders. Teams that a month ago were left for dead. 
And he's going to have Andy Reid standing you, up there like Jamora in, in the press playoffs. conference. Yeah. You know, and looking like an idiot. You played uh, taps for the Oakland Raiders on this show. Yeah. I call. I declared them dead, and they're trying to do The Undertaker and rise up from the dead. It could All happen. because the Chiefs are collapsing. Oh, absolutely. That is that. That's uh, yeah. They're having your season. <laughs> they were so hot early, and now they don't know what they're doing. Ugh. No wonder you want to bench Alex Smith because you need to change things up. Are you saying I'm looking in the mirror? <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> that's right. Here, you know, me. I'm, I was, I'm the Raiders. I was left for dead. Side of the oh. road. The taps was playing. My season was over. And here you just keep coming back to me. Just keep Lose to the Giants. Yeah, I lose to the Giants. That's a good move. I, I didn't see that coming, but uh, uh, the parallels are there. I can't deny that. Uh, so, what well, else yeah. stood out about uh, week 12 to you? Oh, it, was, it was, let's see here. We had the, we talked about the, the joke um, with the Chiefs, with the the, the Bills. That was, yeah. Um, I'm going through now. Here we talked about the best game of the week. That was fun. Um, Jags did it again. Found a way to lose. That is. <laughs> Jags on the Jags. <laughs> Just likely said they would. Jags were jagging. Um, we definitely were all over that one, and it went down almost the way I kind of called it, which is, yeah, they they're in these games. But they find ways to lose some of them. It's just like they're finding ways to win some of them. They're finding ways to lose some of them. And they lost a game that they had no business losing. Well, wow. look, in fairness, either Blake Bortles or Blaine Gabbert was destined to lose that game. One of the two was going to fuck that game up because that's what they do. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, yes. On that, I definitely cannot argue with you. You had to have a feeling that that was, you know that was predestined that that was going to happen. We had uh, we had the Titans look completely unimpressive, but get another win. That seems to be their move this year, right? Let's just look that at was... let's just look as absolutely unimpressive as we can, and then ah, we'll, we'll, and we'll cover. So not only are we going to get a you know about as cheap of a cover as we can give someone, we're going to do it. You know, what's against? Oh my God, the the Colts. Colts are yeah. one of these teams. They just love to hang around and then just lose. That 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 was so incredible because the Colts are up sixteen to six late in the third quarter and trying to put it away basically. And Marlon Max fumble uh, it deep in their own territory for the Colts. It turned the entire thing around. I don't know if the Titans are are going to win the game if not for that fumble, much less cover the spread. Uh, so they, they turn it around, then they start playing the way they're supposed to play, but that was incredible. They only played the way they're capable of playing for one quarter. The other three quarters, the Colts were taking it to the Titans, so they should not feel good about that game, even though they came out on top. Yeah, I had, the, I, I had told you when we made the pick that when I made my pick using the lines that I look at when I make my picks that I had the Patriots minus 18, so 16 and a half oh, felt like oh, a gift. Oh. And then they win by 18. Uh, so, so I'm just so going to – So that worked I'm out. I'm just a Patriots hater now for thinking that they shouldn't cover these spreads because I don't think they should have covered that. I know they 
beat the hell out of the Dolphins uh, at, at the end of the game uh, and made it an 18 point win, but I don't think they played that well. I don't. I st- I'm still not impressed by the Patriots, and, and I'm trying to look at as as objectively as I possibly can. I I don't think they're that good. I don't I don't think they're obviously as good as they were last year, and I I think they could easily be beaten on any Sunday by any team, even though they're winning all these games by, by double digits and, and covering these huge spreads. They're, and yeah. I think that's seven games in a row they won now, and I don't know if I've been overly impressed by any of them, really. Yeah. And once again, you and I failed to realize too late that the Steelers will always play to the level of their competition. Oh, look, they they did it again. They did it again. They had no business letting the Packers hang around in that game at all. There's Roethlisberger turning it over. They had three turnovers in the game. The only thing that's keeping that game close, and they still needed a you know patented, let's prevent ourselves from winning defense that the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. employed on that final drive to get the game-winning field goal. And once again, escape with a victory, but what do, is this, but then the Steelers will play a good team and, and just completely thrash them. But against the, against the shitty ones, against the Bengals and the Packers and the bears and the Colts, well, here, just, we'll, it's like, they just, yeah, they just don't show we'll up. Test that Monday night because they're at Cincinnati uh, this coming Monday yeah. night. And the Bengals are, are indeed shitty, but at the same time, they're sort of the blood rival, and you got Devontae's yeah. perfect factor. They might show up for that one, but the Packers with Brett Hundley and no Aaron Rodgers, they, they didn't care. They just came out and whatever, and, and the DBs didn't care, and they're letting the Look. Packers receivers run all over the place all wide open, and Ben didn't care, and he's throwing away. They come up so small against these opponents that they clearly don't give a damn about and then when they care, they look like the best team in football. So this, they are absolutely maddening. And you're right. right. We should have seen that coming, that they play down to their competition all the time. And they did it again. Riley Harrison was calling them out on national TV about it. And Tony Dungy just, he's just sitting there shaking his head, like almost embarrassed for him. But it's terrible the way they, and that's coaching. That's uh, Everyone loves Mike Tomlin at, they have not played up to their talent level for a few years now. I called for Tomlin to be fired last year. It, it didn't work out. They played better and won their division. And this year they started out slow and now they're playing better and they're probably going to win their uh, division again. But they do not impress when, when they're not motivated. They look so uninterested and, and unenthused and, you got to tighten that up. You really do. So we'll see what what they do Monday night at Cincinnati. Oh yeah, but no, I mean we. But again, that's that hindsight is twenty twenty. But as I'm watching the game, I'm realizing, oh shit, they're doing it again. Yep. They are yep. clearly the better team. There's no reason for the Packers to even be in this game. They're giving that team hope. The Packers weren't really doing anything amazing. The Steelers just weren't doing anything at all. And they still won the game. Well, because they're the much, they're much yeah. better team. So the much should. better team. It's not just a three-point better team. That was my lock of the week. Ugh. 
and probably the most unsurprising game of the week, which I don't know how we did not have as our lock of the week. The Eagles, again, Ooh. just completely destroyed your Chicago Bears. They look like it's coming completely easy for them, and I'm very much uh, looking forward to our little segment that uh, we're going to have uh, in the after show. I gave you a little project to yeah, figure out which team I, I did my you. homework. Who do you want to let it ride, and who would you say should be the, yeah. the solid bets for the rest of the year, uh, and who would you want to sell, sell, sell? Because being a gambling show, uh, my my mindset for that was some of these teams, I think with five games to go now, you should be able to say for the next five weeks, I'm putting all my money on this team five times, and if they go three and two, I'm going to make money. And which teams are the most likely to do that? And some of them, of course, will go five and zero against the spread, and uh, some of them won't. But uh, just to sort of get a, a grip on who we think are the best bets, one way or another, for the rest of the year. And the Eagles, of course, are going to be in that conversation because of how great they've been all year. They look so incredible, and Chicago made them look even more incredible in, in this game. So. Yeah, that was one that we should have seen coming. The Steelers was one that we should have seen coming as well. Um, but yeah, the, no, I, I didn't, I have, I didn't know. have the Eagles, so I did. I, I'm not upset. Yeah, I'm upset that I didn't well, have it as my lock. I did not have yeah, the Bears. For, for lock, I don't think you did either. Right. No. Now the the magic number to me coming out of that game, looking at the numbers, the magic number in that game is six. You know what the number six represents in that Bears Eagles game? Uh. So the number of rushing yards Jordan Howard had? No, that was the number of rushing yards the whole team had for the Chicago oh, Bears. Six. Six yards rushing. Yes. Only 170 less than the Philadelphia Eagles had. Oh, that's all. Yes. Yes. The Eagles ran for 176 yards in that game. Every single rusher on that team, every single one, including Carson Wentz, had at least five yards per attempt. See, and for anyone that still might want to argue that John Fox shouldn't lose his job in Chicago, uh, that's A1 right there. You do not let that happen to you. You don't let that happen to you. No, the Bears' leading rusher was Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and you've, you've always been on record. If your quarterback's the leading rusher, something's going terribly yeah, unless, Okay, unless your quarterback is Michael Vick or Steve Young <laughs> or Randall Cunningham or Doug Flutie or, you know, you can count these these guys are more rare, you know, that you can win a game where your quarterback – or Cam Newton, you know, you can win a game where your quarterback is the leading rusher. You can't win a game when your Mitch Trubisky is your quarterback <laughs> and the leading rusher. And Cam Newton, speaking of that, how can Carolina keep winning games like that? Because it's just – winning uh, ugly is can't. one thing. but Easy answer, <laughs> they can't. Well, they were playing the Jets. So I guess that helped a lot. But God, and they, they, they just go ugly. And they could have lost. The Jets were winning that oh, game yeah. with about nine minutes left to go. Yeah, I believe that's – I believe that's correct. Yeah, there's about nine minutes left to go in that game, and the Jets were up by one. 
And then they had the, you know, hey, let's go for it three times from the one-yard line and then just end up kicking a field goal, kicking the old 18-yard field goal, shorter than the old extra point because the team has, you know, even the announcers, I love it when the announcers are ripping on the guys like, you got to go out there and, you know, play some football. If you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win. And that's exactly what happened. That's that's my that's my move all the time. One yard, get a yard. It's a yard. But like I said, there was a touchdown call back that should never have been called back. But either way, you still did it the other two times. At that point, just fuck it. Go for it on the fourth down too. You know, you're not going to have any stones. You might as well just go for it all four times. You're, you're, you're the Jets. You're not going to win anything. You're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, Todd Bowles is getting fired, too. <laughs> yeah. So we have a bit of an interesting situation for the Thursday nighter. It won't be the, the whole short week deal because both the Redskins and the Cowboys are coming off of playing last Thanksgiving, so they both have the full one week of rest. So this is a little more of a conventional Game breakdown, uh, possibly for this one. The five and six Redskins facing the five and six Cowboys. It's Cowboys and Indians, part 455 million down in Jerry World in Dallas. Washington is two and three on the road, but Dallas is only two and four at home. And of course, uh, in week eight, Dallas went up to Washington and beat the hell out of them 33 to 14, uh, 33 to 19. I'm sorry. But there was a one uh, one big difference in that game was this guy, Ezekiel Elliott, you may have heard of him, uh, ran for 150 yards in that game. I don't think he's going to be in this game Thursday night. So uh, that's probably a big reason why Washington is a very, very slight favorite. It's basically a pickup. They give one point. Uh, Washington lays one at Dallas. Jason, who you got? Until I see otherwise, I'm going to have a really hard time picking the Cowboys to beat anybody. It, they are lost in the woods right now. They got beaten like a drum by the Chargers in their on Thanksgiving. game. On Thanksgiving in their building, in their game. The Cowboys, Thanksgiving, it's the tradition. And they let the Chargers come in there and light them up. Kirk Cousins has the same capacity to do that. I think he'll put up some big numbers. That defense is trash. The offense can't keep the defense off the field because they can't run the football anymore. It's all, I mean, it's all coming apart. These don't feel like two, five, and six teams. I'm going to take the Redskins uh, here. No problem. I concur. A couple of factors that go into it is the short week means I'm not giving as I normally would, or else I'd really be tempted to take the Cowboys to the bounce back here. But everyone on this on the regular rest, uh, no Messiah once again, so Sean Lee not being able to plug the hole means that Samaje Piran should be able to get some run room for the Redskins to help out Kirk Cousins. And I really like the Cousins uh, to Jamison Crowder combination. They, they really have been teaming up and uh, impressing me. So that, that's one of the better combinations in the league over the last couple of weeks. So I agree. I think the, the Redskins, whatever trending they may be doing, they're not trending down the way the Cowboys are trending down. And I don't think they're going to be able to turn it around uh, Thursday night against the Skins. More on our after show when we come back.
And now into our VIP after show program. I got a uh, a new open recorded as well. The first thing I did when I got this microphone out last night was I uh, once again re-recorded the opening because I don't like how my voice sounded in the uh, in the open before because I I felt it was too low. So I it was very quiet. It was very quiet. So I, we'll, we'll see how it sounds uh, next show. Hopefully it'll be ready to go. So I, I tried to punch it up a little bit. It's, it's got to sound a little deeper just because of the, the better quality of the microphone. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. You go all Barry White, you know? Ooh, yeah. Maybe. So how so how have I, how have I been sounding? Have I first of all I'd like to know have I been breaking up like I have been before because that shouldn't. Uh, the new microphone shouldn't yes. affect the internet connection. So I've still been breaking up. Yes. You're still breaking up, but you're not breaking up to the point where it's, it's terrible or I can't understand what you're saying. Um, and it's real intermittent. It's, it's, it's just hit or miss. You break up for a, you know, a little bit and then you're fine. Um, it wasn't intrusive to the show at all, but yeah, you broke up, you broke up here. I should be rock solid. If I'm on the connection I'm on, on a brand new computer, if I'm breaking up, there's problems. So I, I should be, yeah, I should be coming through pretty, pretty loud and clear here. At least I, I, then I, since this change um, that I've made, where I'm no longer on the Wi-Fi, I'm always on the hard line. Um, I haven't had a lot of audio <laughs> problems like I used to. Yeah, well, that's what I was hoping. I'm always on the hard line too, but yeah. All season, it's been breaking up, and when I hear back on when I play it back, and I hear the breakup, it, it's it's so aggravating. So I think it's the computer. Um, maybe the last resort before I try to change computers is maybe change the the actual cord that's connecting the hard wire. Because um, I but I, I can't. I don't think that's going to work. Because I tried part of a show where I had the hard wire out, and I was using the Wi-Fi, thinking that would be better which of course it shouldn't be because it's wi-fi but i was breaking up in that one as well so it didn't it didn't matter I, it's the computer there's something going on with the with the hard drive of the computer it's all filled it's all full up and i don't know how to delete things or, or clean it up porn. or like that so it's much porn i i don't know i shouldn't be saving all these wonderful porn movies i guess i gotta start releasing some <laughs> um <laughs> So, but other than the breaking up, the uh, the voice quality has been pretty good. You know, you, yeah, you know, and I drive I drive a long way to work, so I have a long I was about an hour long commute back and forth each day. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, including ours. And trust me, it's not just us. We're not the only show that's having. And there are shows that are recorded in studios with tons of professional equipment, and they have breakups and disconnects. And so, what happens when you're doing it? You know. In this day, imagine, I, I could not imagine even 10, 15 years ago that we'd be able to do something like this and have it on the, have mm-hmm. it on a permanent record. And yeah, I mean, when we were kids and, you know, pretending like we were announcing ball games, thinking that someday we'd be talking on a, on a radio show of our own making, you know, that and that anybody would listen to it is, is, is simply stunning. It's the digital uh, evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it. Really, when you think about it, think about how everything was on tape before the the 
eighties and nineties and the, and the yeah. digital revolution came along and now everything is digital and so many uh, megabytes or whatever of, of data can be saved and, and compressed and sent out to the world. Uh, it's quite amazing to think about how yeah, many hours of shows that we've done that we, if we tried to tape them all, we, we, we wouldn't have enough tape. We'd have no. run out of tape oh, no. four years ago. Or yeah, or we'd have a lot of we'd we'd have a lot of those long you know hundred and I remember recording off the radio with the hundred and ten minute cassettes you know they were fifty five right. minutes on each yeah doing it that way on the old audio cassettes no that was all I can download it all I could probably go on iTunes and download every episode of our pat podcast onto my phone and have it hardly take up any hard drive space even though it's hundreds of hours that's incredible. Yeah, that's just the day and age that we live in. And it's funny because we talk about that and we got all nostalgic a few shows ago. You know, we were talking about all the old Chicago, the bad commercials. I did, by the way, watch the commercial you told me to um, for your your auto sales guy down there. He's got several of them, so I don't know which one. They're all embarrassing. I watched a few. There's a whole section on youtube dedicated to that uh oh his name escapes me at the moment mark goodfellow goodfellow that's right and i watched a few and they were borderline it may be over the borderline offensive even to me (laughs) um it 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 tastes not not offensive tasteless tasteless and offensive to me there is a line between them but it was done so, I mean, it's it, it, first of all, where I found that I guess I would say offensive beyond tasteless is that it's pandering. You know, he's pandering to an audience that he's openly yeah. mocking. That's exactly trying, the, the, the tasteless part of it. That's, that's yeah, exactly and it. trying to, so it's tasteless and offensive at the same time because it's definitely pandering to, you know, I, it, yeah, I mean, if I had to look this guy up on a map, I'm guessing this guy's somewhere down off of Airways or something, you know. You, you know that part of town. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, ding, a little, ding, Memphis ding. Humor, little Memphis humor in the show here tonight, folks. That's very, very low specific and local. Um, but I'm just saying, yeah, so the advertising is definitely pandering to a very specific clientele that you get the sense he's trying to take advantage of. Um, it definitely felt shady. I definitely got like, okay, yeah, this place is shady as fuck. And the uh, wink and the smile and the phony attempt uh, to yeah. ingratiate himself. It's the whole thing. Yes. Just make sure so, yeah, I watched it. I watched it and it was as advertised. So it was pretty awful. Oh. But... That same night, I was, you know, we were getting nostalgic for Chicago and actually ended up finding a, a YouTube channel that had a lot of old Chicago, just taste of Chicago kind of, you know, old media, like old news broadcasts. Like I was watching the news broadcast uh, from when uh, the the Cubs got sold to the Tribune, you know, and it's with Walter Jacobson and Johnny Morris was doing the sports. You're talking like, wow, okay. That's really taking you back. And then one of them oh, yeah. was an old, and this is where I, kind of we came in. One of them was an old episode of the Sports Reporters. 
Oh, I can smell the cigar smoke now. <laughs> if you remember watching that with Tellender and Bill Jowls and all those guys just sitting around. I mean, you and I, I know we both watched that show. Because you had to if you lived in Chicago and you liked sports like we did. You'd, you'd end up, well, yeah, a bunch of old white guys sitting around in a black room, sitting around a table smoking cigars, talking about sports. I don't and know how they I, got I, a word out with all that uh, cigar smoke. It, was, it had to be choking <laughs> you out. It's, yeah, it, looked, it, it looked, kind of looked like that Patriots-Falcons game that we had. There's smoke everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you, how did you even see the guys in the room? But, yeah. Uh, no, I just thought I'd bring that up that I found that channel and yeah, I was watching was watching old news broadcasts and you know things that just, just amazing to see them again and have them not feel unfamiliar like you know like it really did take you back to like wow I remember watching this you know I didn't remember the exact context and and absolutely everything but we were talking about like the bad like the Eagle Man commercials and. And all that stuff. So yeah, it was kind of cool finding that. I'm sure you could type it up and find, you know, like old Chicago TV broadcasts because you can find like the old Cubs and White Sox and all those old broadcasts and kind of cool. Just thought I'd toss that out there. But yeah, I definitely wanted to get a mention in that I watched those commercials that you talked about on that show and they, they were every bit as bad as you you mentioned they were. Did you specifically see the one where he's rapping? Uh, because that one's stands out in my mind as particularly terrible because of the, the, the rapping was terrible, of course, because of the, yes. the all black posse that was behind them, which was the saddest yeah. looking posse you have ever seen. They are literally just standing there, barely bobbing their head back and forth, trying to look hard, but all really, they only, they just look bored. And it's just, yeah. you can, you can tell that they're standing up there because he paid them to, you can tell that there's no, there's no, uh, rapport. There's no friendship. There's they're they're not his boys. No. They're not his buddies. No, they're random black guys. He, he probably went down to the uh, uh, to the corner the and got them, or no, or, or he got them from the, or they're day laborers. You know, or he, he either got them from the day laborer on, or he went down put an ad on Craigslist. He went down to that alley outside the baseball stadium down here, AutoZone <laughs> Park, and, and and roused them out of their sleep. That's how sad they look. He kicked some cardboard. Come on, guys, get up. You want to make 20 oh, bucks? Got a job for you. Yeah, you want to make 20 right. bucks, and it's not the way you think either, guys. Don't worry. It's not the way you're used to making it. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wanted to buy that T-shirt that I saw years ago. It said, I'm not gay, but $20 is $20. I, I kind of want to buy that T-shirt. <laughs> but I'm married now, so I don't think I could ever wear it. So it's kind of yeah, cool to buy probably. it. Yeah, not a, that's probably not a good, too classy. Um, if you're out with the wife, you know, out on a date night with the wife, and you have that T-shirt on. Hey, no one's ever accused me of being classy. Come on. Um, yeah, that that's the one you need to seek out. If you if you, it's all good auto sales. If you want to find that those fashion commercials, <laughs> the one that you have to find is the one of him rapping because his posse just looks so pathetic. They just look. It's just pitiful. Yeah, I, I, I scanned um, through a few, and they were all yeah. pretty equally awful. Uh, the sports reporters, if you uh, those of have, who have listened to Tony Kornheiser's podcast, know that he gives the pref the the proper deference and the proper shout out to the sports reporters for being the forebearers for 
pardon the interruption. So it, they definitely know where they came from. They definitely know that uh, the sports reporters were the ones that basically invented the talk on sport, the talk t- talk yeah. sports on TV for a half hour format. And PTI had taken it to another level, and yeah. then first and first and Negro came along and tried to take it to another level. And uh, yeah, and we're not talking about the ESPN. I'm not, and we're not definitely. We're, neither one of us are actually talking about the ESPN version of the sports reporters. Right. In the we're 80s, talking about the Chicago, local, yeah, the local Chicago version of it that was on right. Channel Eleven. Was that on PBS? Uh, it, it, it may have been. It jumped around. I, wanna, so I know, I, but I want to I wanna say in Chicago, Channel 11 is, yeah, that's the Sesame Street station for folks, you know, PBS. Um, <laughs> I want to say that that, well, so was, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert, um, you know, were on Channel 11. Um, so there was a lot, you know, that actually, that we grew up with, that kind of thing that was on there for a long time. You know, Siskel, and eventually Siskel and Ebert moved over to uh, Network but for the longest time, I believe it was uh, was it at the movies or sneak previews? I believe, mm-hmm. but they, they had all the that was all on Channel Eleven. So I have a weird feeling that the Chicago version of Sports Reporters, and it, it's sort of in its inception, was uh, on Channel Eleven. I, I don't know why I get that weird it memory. Have, it jumped around. I want to I, I want to say Sports Vision or something. You know, real sure. early like that. <laughs> sports channel. Possible. Sports that's, that's possible as well, but I didn't have cable for a long time. Right. I, so, I had it on and off uh, as a kid. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but the show did definitely jump around, but it was certainly the forebearer to, to what we, we see yeah. today. And, so and you're, you're saying that, that, that Kornheiser is actually reverential of the Chicago one? Yes, he he knows uh, from wow. from whence he okay. came because he okay. wasn't doing t- uh, TV. He was just a straight sure. sports writer and, and you know one of the best in Washington for years and years and years. But it was once the the the, the sports talk on TV sort of exploded all at the same time in the nineties uh, with, yeah. with uh, ESPN having uh, the their version of the sports reporters and then that. Tony Kornheiser, that was his first appearance on ESPN, was that sports reporters with, with Dick Schapp. And that yeah. led to him and, and Wilbon starting Pardon the Interruption. But the whole thing spawned from the Chicago sports reporters. That, that, that wound up being a nationwide sort of uh, thing where it might not have been on every station nationwide, but enough people saw it, enough people in the industry saw it that they – sort of got the idea, hey, a half hour of guys talking sports on television, yeah, I think people will watch that. So that's where it really did all start from there. So they, they, they yeah. do get their 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 proper due. Good. That's good. Something so there there's a little history lesson for some folks out there today. We're we're always informational and educational well, if you know try to be. As much as we can. So I don't know uh, where you want to start off on my little project here. Do, do, do you think this is a good idea at all? It's just a, a lame brain scheme that it's, I came up with. It's just it's something to talk about. We, 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 yeah. it, we can fill time. We can take even the most, even if it's a harebrained idea, we can take any harebrained idea and make it 10 times worse before the show is over. So don't worry about it. We can beat any dead horse into the ground. That's right. Um, it's, it's or, just, or it could turn it, or it could turn into something completely. We could do totally. We could go Monty Python here, you know. And now for something completely different. 
right in the middle there's of five, the conversation. There's five games left in the season for every team. Yeah. If you took those five games and let it ride on a team yeah. and they went even just three and two, you'd still make money. Even with the juice, you'd still make yep. money. Uh, and they might go four and one, they might go five and oh. So this is my sort of attempt to help out those who are listening for actual gambling advice. And if you are, God help you. But uh, if, if there's a, a team out there or several teams that looking at maybe the schedule, looking at their trends, looking at how they're playing, uh, taking in several factors, if there are teams out there that maybe you want to just let it ride on those teams. And it, it obviously can't be a parlay situation unless your, your bookie is extremely liberal, but you can still just <laughs> let it ride those five times and come up with, with, with hopefully five winners. But even if you come up with only three or four, you still make money. It's all about trying to make money. It's all about yep. the money. As, as this man would say, it's, it's always all about the money. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. So, you know, I'm just trying to find a way to, to make some cash. And then if, if there's teams that are trending so badly that you maybe look at the schedule and say, I don't see them covering at all the next five weeks. And then if they don't cover three or the five times, then you make money there too. So either way, uh, so that's the task that I texted Jason earlier today to come up with. So, Jason, do you have any teams that you would let it ride and, and ride them five times the next five weeks? And do you have any teams that you would just sell, sell, sell? Please just short these teams the next five weeks and see if they will lose all five of those picks. Yeah, to, your, to what you came up with, I looked through the schedules for you know almost all of the remaining teams, and I came up with one for each. You know, I wasn't going to try to mm-hmm. hedge too many bets here. It'd be interesting because that way it's also something where we can go back you know, at the end and be like, hey, or we can keep track of these teams. Because just because I have these teams doesn't mean – I'm picking them or picking against them either for the next five weeks. So we're not locking ourselves right. into something. No, it's here, the same know. with me. I'm, I'm not locking myself you know, into yeah. anything. Because you could pick one of these teams and then something catastrophic happens and then you have no right. reason for riding that team at all the rest of the year. So I, I feel like for the team that I'm going to sort of fade the rest of the season here, that I, I, it's not going to be a shocking one. I think the team that I'm going to take and let it ride with might be um, a little bit of a surprise, just given, you know, looking at all these teams and how much strength there is. Cause the team that I'm picking, looking at their schedule, and that's what I primarily tried to go by because there's a lot of teams that are good, but they're not necessarily playing the easiest schedule or they're in some tough spots. And I tried not to go too obvious one of the teams that I had contemplated picking was the Steelers because they have a lot of easy games left. But then I realized <laughs> they're the Steelers. They're my, not going to play, play now. <laughs> That's right. So I, I actually stopped myself from, from saying the Steelers and making myself look like an idiot when the Steelers go one and four against the spread the whole rest of the year, <laughs> even though they probably win three or four or five of those games. Um, no, the team that I'm going to pick to go with the rest of the season, this may be a shock to you, or maybe it won't, is the Lions. That is definitely a shock to you. You you do I, not spread a lot and of love yeah, and, and I'm not a big Lions. I'm not a big Lions supporter, but looking at the five games they have remaining, Ravens, Bucks, Bears, Bengals, Packers, mm-hmm. I see, yeah, I see a string of 
three or four, or, or you know, I don't want to say they're going to run that whole thing, but there are some very easy or you'd think easy matchups in there. Some teams that are sort of, you know, like the bears. I mean, the Packers, it's the last game of the year. Maybe so Eric, even if Aaron Rodgers plays that, it doesn't necessarily mean the Packers are in quit mode. Anyways, they'd probably be stupid at this point to bring them back. If they're out of playoff contention for anything other than just, Hey, look, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, so yeah, at the Ravens, at the bucks, the bears, the, at the Bengals and then the Packers, that's a five-game stretch for a team that's, you know, the Lions are not terrible. There's enough bad teams and teams with losing records, and we know, what. hey, if the Lions are anything, they're consistent. They're bum slayers, right? All right. There's some obvious bums on their schedule the rest of the way. So my choice is the Lions. All right. That That, that is a surprise, but... Let it ride on the lines all the way, and then they should cover more than than more spreads than they lose. That's uh, I, I like that pick. I'm, I'm a Matthew Stafford fan. I've tried to express that over the years. I think he's underrated as far as best quarterbacks of his time. He's yeah. he's in the top, probably in the top five to me. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously the Brady. Breeze, Peyton Manning type guys. I think he's in the next tier behind that. He's right there. He's as good as Ben Roethlisberger was. He, uh, you know, he had uh, his own Antonio Brown and Calvin Johnson for a long time, but he didn't have the defense that the Steelers had when they won those titles. So, uh, but in different circumstances, I think Stafford could have done what 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 Ben did absolutely. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's a good pick. Um, the the most surprising. Let it ride that I wound up looking at uh, when I looked at schedules. I expected uh, that I was going to pick this team to be one of the teams that uh, that I short the rest of the way, but these opponents that they have lined up are so light. I think you should actually put your money on the Chicago Bears the rest of the season because they are playing a bunch of uh, garbage teams before they have to play the uh, at the Vikings in Week 17. Uh, and for that game, maybe, you know, the Vikings have the division sewn up and, and maybe home field is such that they're not right in the thick of it and maybe they won't play uh, as many guys as as, as as you would think. But even if uh, if that one doesn't work out, you still got San Francisco at Cincinnati, at Detroit, and in Cleveland. And I think uh, Mr. Bisky can keep learning on the job and then sort of overcoming his coaching staff and playing well despite them, which he has played well at spots despite his coaching staff. He, he just had some really tough uh, scenarios uh, when you talk about Philadelphia. And then uh, before that, uh, Detroit came in and and gave him a, a tough task, but they, they're not letting Trubisky do much of anything at this point. And so I'm, I'm guessing they're going to have to loosen that up a little bit, especially after getting embarrassed by Philadelphia. Um, you see how they loosened up uh, against Green Bay and Trubisky threw for almost 300 yards. So I'm thinking, you know, San Fran and Cincinnati and Cleveland, I think they're going to let them go with those teams because there's no reason to be cautious against those teams. And I think, you know, the, the Chicago actually will have a, a – a, Fair fair amount of success the rest of the way. John Fox is still getting fired, but I actually like Chicago uh, against the spread the rest of the way. 
Wow. And the, the two, the, the one tiny little word that scares me for the Bears and for your pick right here, it, it's one simple word, at. Anytime I see the word at, anytime I see the word and at Minnesota, anytime I see the word at on the Bears right now, I get bad vibes because the Bears, if you look at their on the road record this year, it's been pretty bad. They they snuck up and they beat the Ravens. And I believe they got a cheap, right around a cheap cover against the Saints in in, in, in that right. game. Uh, otherwise, it's been blowouts. It's been pretty awful. So, yeah, at Cincinnati, at Detroit, at Minnesota, if they don't take care of business at home against the 49ers, right? Jimmy Garoppolo is starting on Sunday, right? He did, you know, he's the, he's, he's, he's the savior. It's all going to happen now because of, uh, yeah, it's all going to happen now because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, no. I mean, everybody He's was screaming over the fact that he, he he threw two passes. He threw two passes at the end of that game, and they were both complete, and one was a touchdown. Oh, well, there you go. Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, so he's it's Joe Montana, reincarnate, coming right. Yeah. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, two balls. I liked what he did in New England in, in 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 the backup play, but everybody does that in New England because it's a great system. I said the S word again. It's a great system. It's very friendly to quarterbacks. Every quarterback who's been in that system has excelled in the Tom Brady era. Even Drew Bledsoe, before he got jacked, was doing well in that system um, to open the door for Tom Brady. So I have no... Uh, I have no doubt that he's an upgrade over 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 Bethard, who you know, and then any other bums, a Hoyer, any of these other bums that they might have been trying to run around out there in San Francisco the last couple seasons. Uh, was it Blaine Gabbert last year too? Uh, got some some reps. Yeah. Kaepernick was you know, played the worst game I've ever seen from a quarterback. So there's no doubt that Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade over that. But people need to kind of slow it down a little bit. He completed two passes, and then yeah, we'll see. So I, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm not. So this is one I think I might disagree with you on, just because of the fact that three out of those five games for the Bears are at on the road, where they clearly stink, and if they don't take care of business in both of those home games, um, you could end up on the short side of that one. I'm I'm sensing well, two and three. I'm sensing two and three somewhere. Those first two road losses were with Mike Glennon. We don't have to worry about that anymore. (laughs) Well, this last one wasn't. That's true. But this last one was against the Eagles who were playing out of their fucking minds. No, that that I'll give you. That I'll give you. They do have a win on the road at Baltimore. That was a crazy game. Um. That was a wild game. That that Bears Ravens game. We'll see. Yeah, that was, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know you're, you're a Bears fan. You gotta go. Gotta you gotta go, Homer. You know, a little bit. Give yourself something to ex- be excited about for the for the Bears. I was trying not to make it a Homer pig, but that they, that might be playing a a role. I, I'll I'll admit to that. 
Yeah, I actually what, had right? a lot. I had a lot more teams that I want to sell on than I wanted to buy, which kind of surprised me when I started this because I uh, came up with this idea in the last couple of days, and then I just now sat down tonight and, and looked at these schedules. And there's a couple of. The, I, I'll say right off the bat, I'm I'm on a mixed bag with the like the Eagles and the Panthers and a lot of these other really hot teams. I I, I don't want to sell or buy. I, I, I'll I'll reserve my my right to uh, to pick those games individually because I think they're gonna go you know three and two two and three you know it's gonna be a mixed bag the rest of the way so I'm not trying to force it where I, I'd say oh I, I'm kind of leaning sell so yeah sell 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 these are the teams that I really feel strongly are, are going to go two and three or less against the spread the last five weeks of the year and I don't feel that way about uh, some of these other teams the 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 Eagles are just flying so high, but there's, there's got to be – they're not going to be 15-1. and one. I've said this already, and I said the Browns are not going to be 0-16. I'm, I'm dead wrong so far, but I still kind of believe that. Uh, but I have, a lot, I have a lot of teams that I want to come up with that I want to sell. I have like five teams written down right now, and then there may be more than that because I didn't look at every team in the, in the league. Wow. Okay. Yeah, for all, uh, there, all for different that reasons. That was I, where I agree with you is I had a much harder time finding the team that I wanted to mm-hmm. pick than the team that I didn't. I I had a lot more contenders for yeah the the team that I'm just like they're done they're toast because we're seeing teams that are clearly just in the tank. So we know. I mean, these are these are our quintessential FedEx mail-it-in teams, teams that you just know that if you bet against them week after week after week, you're in good shape. But I keep coming back to one team, and that's the New York Giants. Oh, God, Geno Smith. Oh, my God. They they, switched, they, they benched Eli Manning. Now everybody's like, oh, he won two Super Bowls. I, I, first of all, I don't care that Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. He's not a Hall of Famer. We could have that discussion another day. I don't care. He's got two Super Bowls. He could we be had that discussion on the prior Bowl. show. Yeah, he could have two Super Bowls. He's still not going in. I, I would never vote for him in a million years. Uh, he's the only quarterback in history to lose 100 games with the same franchise. Think about that. That was the stat that just got put up um, after this last defeat. Only one ever. That's quite he's amazing. Like, yeah, that's a lot of losing. He's catching up to his dad. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if anyone's going to lose that much. But yeah, when they he, show the losses, you know, like you know, he's he, you know the guy's obviously won a ton, also lost games, but he's there. Uh, he, he's in the top five, I want to say now for losses all time, and the only one to do all you know all have them all with one team. Um, right. He's been terrible, so I get that you want to bench him, but I don't get to want to bench him. For Geno Smith, or or this day or Webb or this Webb, whoever this other guy is that I have no idea. Davis Webb, never heard of him. Don't care to. I think the Giants are done. They got the, they got their win against. They had their they had their big closed door meeting and they all stood up for one game. We're like, yeah, we're gonna get them guys. If they're gonna run Eli Manning out of town, at least have the decency to let your two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback do it on his terms and then run him out of town. He's clearly done. He's, he stinks. 
we've been talking about, I've been talking about for several years, this is probably going back three, four years, that the best thing for him would be a change of scenery. I, I'm just about done with the Giants. I, 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 I was down on them on Thursday. Got that one right um, against the Redskins, and it was a completely almost unwatchable game. And I don't see with Geno. Geno Smith is not going to be the answer, and then this other kid's not going to be the answer. I didn't even really need to look so much at the Giants' schedule. That's how I knew that they were the one I wanted, because I don't care. They could play Browns five times. I don't know if I'd be all over the Giants. But just for the sake of posterity, at the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Eagles, at the Cardinals, and the Redskins, yeah, that could be a one and four, zero and five against the spread finish for the Giants. The, that Geno Smith thing has got to be more punitive of Eli Manning, right? That can't be because Ben McAdoo really wants to see what he has in Geno Smith. I think Ben McAdoo wants to get fired. Oh, that he doesn't have to worry about that. He's going to have it anyway. This is career suicide. Yes, benching Eli Manning for Geno Smith is career suicide. He'll be coaching special teams. Just... Yeah, he'll be t- coaching special teams at an A and M school next year. <laughs> I think you just Somewhere. want to put Eli Manning in his place. There's something there. There's some friction there. There may be some oh, behind the scenes yeah. stories that we don't know yeah. about yet. But that, that's just trying to take the future Hall of Fame quarterback and saying you're not that yeah. good. I'm going to show you. I'm going to bench you. See what you like. I'm going to bench you for Geno Smith. How do you like them apples, Mister? Yeah, you think you're Eli's a hot chick kid? Watch this. And Eli's going to respond by giving the Manning face and the shrug and, and not caring and just going home to count his yeah. millions of dollars. The Victor Auto Records guy. I don't know what happened. Oh, after they, no, after they benched him, he walked. I, I guarantee you that after they benched him, he walked out to his car and ripped the door off. down. It was something like that. I, I, the phone <laughs> number is stuck in my head. Is, yeah. yeah, it's something the like The commercial's eight, online. Eight, you eight, can watch eight, it. You want that. You want that touch of nostalgia? Just go online and there's Eli. <laughs> but just it just superimpose Eli Manning and the reaction. <laughs> it's the perfect all shucks, arms flailing to the sides, or you know Eli Manning reaction. So yeah, I have a feeling that he got benched and walked out and ripped ripped the door off his car. That's the kind of day he was having. He was living a blues song. His dog probably died that day too. Wow, wife left me. My dog died too. Rip the door off the car. I got bench for Gino Smith. Now what am I going to do? Oh, man. Oh, poor Eli Manning. Here's the teams that I want to sell the rest of the year, and I hope I remember to keep up with this because these are – this is a pretty bold call to say just throw all your money on the opponents of all these teams. I really do honestly feel this way about all these teams. The Los Angeles Rams. Sell the Rams. I know that they're supposed to be flying high. I know that they're much improved over last year. They've got very tough tasks remaining the rest of the year. All this this stuff that they've done, all these stats that they put up have been against – they're not all bums, but they haven't been 
a bunch of world beaters either. And then the Saints defense came in, supposed to be much improved. You saw what they were doing, leaving like leaving guys wide open. So I'm not believing in, in the Rams because they've got some tough, tall, tough tasks coming. They've got at Arizona's their next game coming up Sunday. That's never easy. I can see them losing that game. I'm not making that pick right now. The Eagles at Seattle, the Legion of Room gave them a much better effort on Sunday. We didn't really talk about, but maybe they're not completely dead yet. Maybe they're still going to be, and they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot that late. So they're, they're going to want that game and you never want to have to go to Seattle uh, and win anything at Tennessee might be tougher than one would think. Uh, and they end against San Francisco, which is, you know, that's, you don't have to go against them in, in that, in, in that game necessarily. But my point is they have a lot tougher schedule. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo may be that much better by week 17, and he may be ready to lead the 49ers to a very big victory over the Rams. I don't know about all that. They've got a lot tougher tasks the last five weeks than they've had the first 12, so I don't uh, – I think you could, you could short them and, and, and easily win four of those five, if not all five. Uh, the Cleveland – I was going to say the Rams, I were one of the ones that when I was looking through all the teams, I looked at that three game stretch in the middle of that five games left the Eagles, Seahawks, Titans. and went, ee, that was, that was like the cringe. I was like, Ooh, that, yeah. I, and, it, and it wasn't so much a cringe because it's predictable. If anything, though, if we thought talking about the Rams and highlight games, we got tired of it. There's probably three games in a row that we're going to have to talk about the Rams in a highlight game because Rams Eagles automatic Rams Seahawks automatic Rams Titans. If the Titans don't just fall completely apart, they're going to both have good records. I mean, we could be talking about the Rams three weeks in a row here coming up in December. This could be the month of the Ram coming up for us in December. And they've earned that from how they played the first yeah. half of the year. But no, I agree, with you. I, think I agree with you for a lot yeah. tougher tasks here. If you know, if I had done as many deep as you had, that was one of the ones when I looked at that schedule. I was like, "Ooh, I'm not, yeah, I don't want to touch that at all." That's one of those where you're talking about, you know, giving a team all in or fading a team. That's one where I look at it as a better and go, "I'm not touching them with a ten foot pole," other than the fact mm-hmm. that we pick them all. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, I've been saying for I don't know how long that the Cleveland Browns have got to get a win. And they were playing like they wanted to get a win. They were competing and they were trying. They just have not been able to break through. And now they look like they're co- – they, the one thing they had going for them was was rush defense. That was like the one thing that they excelled at. And, and Joe Mixon ran all through them on Sunday. So they don't even have that anymore. They look like they're, they're pretty much they're, – they're done. They look like they're giving up. I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. I don't know if I see a win on, on the rest of the schedule. At uh, at the Chargers Sunday, I don't see a win there. Uh, hosting the Packers, uh, Brett Hundley is not the next you know great quarterback, but he's been making some plays here and there. I don't see the, the Browns necessarily beating him. It may be their best shot to get a win is beating him, but I don't necessarily see that. Hosting the Ravens, the, you know, the Ravens always play hard for – 
John Harbaugh, so I don't see that at Chicago. I already talked about that. I think uh, the sort of the pressure is off of John Fox and, and Mitch Trubisky that everyone knows that they blow and Fox is going to get fired. So they might as well let them loose and let them play. Um, and then ending at Pittsburgh. Now, it would be so Steelers for them to play down and give the Browns their first yeah. win on the last day of the season. They've got the Ravens and the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, so. that's so Ravens to, to 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 go to Cleveland and, and lose in the Art Modell Bowl, I guess. The Ravens uh, tried I, to that so Ravens themselves last night, but Tom Savage had other thoughts in in a push. But just I digress. Indeed. But I, my point is, I don't know if I see a win there at all. And and the, the spreads are not going to be so outlandish because none of those five teams, well, the, the Steelers are, are considered great. So I should take that back. But those other four are not considered world beaters. So the spreads aren't going to be so unmanageable. It's not going to be 16 and a half like what the Dolphins were against the Patriots. Uh, it's going to be probably – Eight, nine, or ten at the at the Chargers on Sunday. I'm guessing, and in Green Bay, Baltimore, Chicago, none of those teams are going to be favored by more than five or six points. Uh, so I think you can get some value there. You can actually get the if the Browns actually are sort of trying to still compete, uh, they can go ahead and compete and still wind up losing and blowing the spread because the spreads aren't going to be that big. So I actually would short the Browns the rest of the way, and I think you can make money there. I am yeah, still. I- the the flaw, I think, in that strategy, because I'm with you, if we were picking these games straight up, I'm all in. We're just picking even money. Right now, they're sitting at – I'm looking at all the lines on covers.com for this game. The line, Unless the lines come – money starts coming in dramatically towards Cleveland on Sunday. They're sitting anywhere right now between 13.5 and 15-point dogs. Oh my um, God! That's at, at the Clippers, at the Clippers, right? I thought that was going to be ten. And, and as they progressively keep losing, these are only going to get worse. So I well, think the one thing that could end up doing in your strategy is that the Browns could lose out, but cover <laughs> a few games because they've been uh, known to do that. But well, what do you think the spread is? going to possibly be when they host the Packers and the Ravens. The, the, the Packers, no, neither the Packers nor the Ravens are going to be favored by more than five or six. Okay. Points, the, right? the, yeah, the Packers coming there with Brett Hundley would probably be the lowest spread I think you're going to see for them remaining. And they'll probably be, I think the Browns will probably be, yeah, I'm with you, plus three and a half, plus four. Um, the Ravens go in there, though. No, Ravens will be plus seven, plus eight. No problem. I mean, the Browns will be plus eight at home. No, sure. the, uh, They're the terrible. Browns are hosting the Ravens, so I'm thinking right. Baltimore so the Ravens will, will the Ravens will be. I'm thinking the Ravens might go in there. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I it'd be interesting. This is one we'll watch. We'll see what these lines are the rest of the way for the Browns. But no, uh, yeah, straight up, I'm with you. We're picking these. Yeah. yeah, I looked at that one with the Browns, but the thing that I was really worried about with them was. Um, are these are these lines going to get? Are they going to get some cheap backdoor garbage time uh, type covers? You know, yeah, they're they're right now sitting. They could be sitting at fifteen down um, on the clips on uh, on Sunday. 
cheap backdoor covers are a risk with, with all of these teams, but I guess I'm looking at what Deshaun Kaiser and the Browns have done so far this year. And I don't see any reason to think they're going to get a bunch of cheap backdoor covers. They're not playing good football. They haven't played good football all season long. So, uh, and that the at Chicago is the other spread that I think is going to be small because there's no way the Bears, the way they're playing, are going to be favored by more than four or five points. No way. So, oh, just just you watch the <laughs> one thing that I have. The one thing I've had to cope with and I've adapted to somewhat this year is that the lines have been all over the place and they've been big. We're seeing a lot of big lines from mediocre teams. I, I mean, and undeserving, week or two. undeserving big lines from mediocre teams. If I told you right now that the Jaguars are sitting at 10 and a half point favorites over the Colts, Ugh. If you've seen anything to say that the Jaguars, the Jaguars deserve to be 10 and a half points. The lines this year have been ridiculously large. And that's what worries me is the Browns continue to progressively fail. The best thing for your strategy would be if the Browns covered against the Chargers here on Sunday. Um, And that would, pull those lines I think a little closer the rest of the way but if they go if they go down to I was gonna say San Diego they go down to LA and it's 41 to 3 it's just gonna keep snowballing and getting worse I think it could be 41 to 3 and I and I still feel good with with going against them the rest of the way because they're not gonna be double digits those other three they're just not yeah uh I think you could I'm I'm the Patriots hater, so I guess this is my blind spot. I think you can short New England the rest of the way. They got uh still two yeah, they got Buffalo, Buffalo twice. Yeah. Gonna play them tough. At the Steelers is gonna be tough. Uh at Miami apparently is not going to be. And and then the Jets is not gonna be but those those are the ones that are, are with your theory with the Browns. Uh, my theory going the other way with the Patriots is uh, at Miami and last game of the year hosting the Jets. Those spreads should be so far out of whack that you should you could maybe get backdoor covers betting against the Patriots. And then the other three games are the, the two Buffalo games and at Pittsburgh. I just think they're going to be tough teams and tough matchups. And, and all those spreads are going to be big because they're the Patriots. They're going to be uh, the, I, I bet they're even favorite at Pittsburgh and I just think that they're those other four spreads, double digits, all four maybe. So yeah, it's, it's very likely. Yeah, I, I think there's value there to, to short the the Patriots. They're, they're going to be getting so many points off of this winning streak, and is is not that is not just that it's any Patriots team with a long with a long winning streak are going to get big numbers. It's this particular Patriots team with a defense that still seems to blow that's going to be getting a lot of uh, – that's going to have to give a lot of points these these next five games. I think that's something you, you should be able to, to trust the spreads and, and, and take take the points with those those games because those, that defense is oh, – it's just awful. Yeah. There's one other team here that I want to talk about because, like I said, the shorts here – Definitely have it over the ones where I feel good about any of them. Uh, but uh, I'm looking at a team here um, that didn't give a whole lot of run to when I was looking through 
the teams that I didn't like. But now that I'm now that we're talking about it, and I was like, well, you know, I should double check and look at this team again. And I think I'm selling on the Panthers. Ooh, that's one of the ones I definitely put down as mixed. Um. <laughs> Okay. Because so I'm looking, I'm looking at three out of the, I'm looking at three out of the five remaining. Just not good, man. Not good. At the Saints, the Vikings, and at the Falcons, um, and then you don't know, and, and then Packers and Bucks at at Carolina, you would figure would be automatic, but the Bucks maybe not so much because division games can always be tough, and the Buccaneers have at least showed fight. They've been, they've been better. They were, they were actually covering for the vast majority of that game down in Atlanta um, until they did the usual let's go for it on fourth down for no apparent reason late in the game instead of just kicking a field goal and keeping this thing tight. Falcons go down, get a touchdown, and blow the whole thing. Um, <laughs> again, makes no sense. Why, why you go? Why, why these teams are going for it? When they could easily, when they're passing up like just like a you know, forty-five or 50, fifty-yard field goal attempt, and then they're giving the other team good field position, it's just mind-blowing to me. But these teams won't. These teams won't go for it at the one, like the Jets. But they'll go for it at or the Packers. You know, they'll go for it at midfield on fourth and six. I, I, the the decision-making teams are making this year, but I'm just I'm worried about the Panthers. They won't go for. They won't go for four and inches if they're on their own 30 because, oh, that's just – you have to punt there. Yeah, they'll go for fourth and six at midfield, though. Right. Or they'll kick well, a field goal on fourth and – or fourth at fourth and goal at the half-yard line. They'll kick a field goal. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Panthers give me a little bit of worry. Sure. I, I admit I'm worried about them, too. I just wouldn't short them because they're so – Hard to predict. I, I don't know what they're going to do from one week to the next. Yeah, but three tough matchups left for them the rest of the way. <laughs> three really, I mean, yeah, that's th- three out of those five, especially that at Falcons. For all we know, things keep going the way they are. That could have major playoff ramifications. Absolutely. Uh, and the other two that I would sell on, and this is without you looking, just going off of how they're playing and how they look. Both of the no-buy guys, both of the teams, Miami and Tampa Bay, they had their buy in week one because of the hurricane, and now they're just going yeah. 16 straight games in a row. They both look gassed, man. They both look so tired. And, and Tampa Bay, who knows when they're going to get Jameis Winston back on the field. But even when he was playing, he was inconsistent and, and making you crazy with some of the throws that he was making. I, I think you can – I don't think you can go wrong shorting the Dolphins and the Bucks the rest of the way. I don't think either one of those teams have anything left in the tank. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the bill. Uh, the uh, Dolphins schedule: Broncos, Patriots, at Bills, at Chiefs, Bills. Oh, ouch! Yeah. <laughs> so I I could see that, especially just given how inc- maddeningly inconsistent uh, the Bucks. The Bucks here for you. Yeah, it's not much better for the Bucks at Packers, and then they can just get to run down uh, the. Then they get the Lions, and then they get to go right through that. The three best teams ahead of them in their division: Falcons at Panthers, Saints. Yeah. Uh, so they actually short, can come short, out of those short. first two. <laughs> they can come out of those first two, maybe. Okay, 
you know, at the Packers, we still don't know what we're getting out of the Packers. The hardest team to predict right, right now with this whole Brett Hundley thing. The Lions, who I like, I think should be able to handle their business against them. So maybe they're one and one against the spread after those two. And those last three, they could completely just just get wiped. Mm-hmm. Those three division opponents could be really tough on them over those last three games. And they get the Falcons on on uh, Monday Night Football. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, so that's our let it ride and sell, sell, sell. It wasn't nearly as smooth as I was, uh, I guess, hoping it would be when I did, when I conceived it in my head, but that's the first time we ever tried it, and we it tried to well. get in the future. I did, too. I just thought, I, this, it's really on me. It's my, I wasn't quite as prepared as I thought I would be. I was, I've been sitting here clicking through schedules pretty much the whole time because yeah. I didn't look up half the teams that I thought I was going to look up, but. Oh, see, that's what I actually, before the show, went through all this, almost all the schedules. And that's why I was, but that's why I was trying to keep myself kind of focused on doing one of each, because if we do too many, here's the mm-hmm. risk you run, or the, or the reason you could do too many is one of them you're going to be right on, and then you can go, aha, <laughs> I was right. And it doesn't matter that you were wrong on all the other ones, you were right on that guy. Ah, I told you about that team, they stink. I was right about the Browns, all well, those other ones I told you about just just completely killed it. Um, I was just trying to keep it down to something where I could track it more in my mind for the rest of the year. Like, okay, I've got my, I've got the lions and the giants in my brain. And that's enough to fill where you gave me like eight teams and I've lost track of how many of most of them already. Yeah. But like I said, I was not as organized as I thought I was <laughs> going to be. I, I meant to look up those teams before the show. I just ran out of time. I've been, my, right. my work, my job has been trying to murder me. Uh, just I'm with you there. I mean, I, this, today's the first day I've had off since Thanksgiving. Yeah, you were telling me about the schedule you were going to have. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, I've got it since I got up at four o'clock in the morning on Black Friday. I don't know if it was just getting up early has thrown me off my schedule, but I've been waking up a lot in that four o'clock hour. These mm-hmm. last these last four, three, four days. And it's, it's just driving me nuts where it's like, I wake up and I can't fall back asleep. And I finally end up falling back asleep from, you know, for like another 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, you know, then my kids are jumping on me and it's like, well, forget that. Right. No, that's when you wake up, when you have to wake up that early once, and yeah. I, I've had that happen too. And the next few days is you wake up at that same time, even though you don't have to, it's like, Oh God. Yeah. I, I certainly understand that. Yeah. So my job, we my, my, wound up putting, putting a 12 hour day in uh, Monday and we weren't planning on it. So uh, Monday was yesterday. It's, it feels like four days ago. That's how long the day was. But uh, we wound up going 12 yesterday, and, and that was completely unplanned. And then I had to come back right today and, and do another uh, nine or, or ten hours. So uh, we, we're we not supposed to be doing – it's not supposed to happen this way. We're not supposed to be doing hours like that. But what happened was our job uh, – all our supervisors are on vacation because it's Thanksgiving weekend. So the people that are in charge are not used to being in charge. They're putting on a lot more work for us to, to process than we're supposed to really have because they're trying to avoid any holdover, of course. 
because they want to be, hey, we're in charge. We didn't have any holdover. Look at us. And not realizing they're, they're killing their workforce uh, in order to do that. But if we had supervisors, I'm sure they wouldn't have allowed that to happen. But that's that's why you, that's why they're the supervisors. So yeah, I, I got home after another long day and, and had time to have dinner and watch uh, some football highlights that I hadn't caught up on. And the time that I should have been in here uh, doing my little research, I was basically like on the couch zoned out because I was so tired <laughs> and, I, and I didn't really move, even though I should have been. So. Yeah, I hear you there. You try to find those moments where you can just sort of, especially before the show, I I always need that few minutes of just peace and calm before the show. I can just feel like I'm, you know, I'm ready, you know, I'm in in the moment. I hate the shows where I'm rushed and I have to get on the show without really just getting everything set up or. The shows where there's a lot of there's there's audio problems oh, those just throw me off completely. Tonight was was smooth. I was in I was in the room with about seven minutes to go. Had everything all set up. I clicked over to Spotify. Put some music on in my headphones. Just kind of you know chilled out for a few minutes. I'd already looked at my schedules. I had my teams picked out. So it was a nice relaxing evening uh, for doing the show for me tonight. Very zen of you. Yeah. So my goal right now is I just have to make it to Saturday. I get to Saturday and from Saturday through the end of the month, I own through the end of the month of December, uh, I only work about half the month because I've got so much okay. extra I have vacation time I'm burning. I've got, ex, ex, you know, like long weekends. I just I just got to get to Saturday. <laughs> That's my goal right now because I just know I'm this is my that this is in that worst stretch of the year for me right now that I'm in work wise. But it's also it's busy. It's profitable. It's, you know, it's not like I. You know, it's a good time to be working in by the business that I'm in, but it does uh, it does beat you up pretty good. Sure. So yeah, we're ready. Should be should be uh, smooth sailing for Saturday this week. I don't anticipate next week's the week I have problems. So this week I should be fine. Well, we'll do this week and worry about next week. Next week then. Yeah. Um, so nine o'clock Saturday night is good. Yes, it is. Sorry, got got me <laughs> yawning there. But up to four thirty. I mean, it's time to end the show if you're yawning through it. That's for sure. Yeah, we don't get many yawns on the show, but yes, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> stop that one. Sorry. That's all hey, right. it's the show that goes to eleven, right? That's right. Unless we get snipered at ten fifty-nine. He is Jay. I am Jerry. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening. And Saturday night, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, we will return to pick the rest of week 13 in much less detail. This will be another interesting week of football, so that's good. We will talk to you Saturday, 9 p.m. Central. Enjoy your football Thursday night.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.